So the NBA Board of Governors today approved the league is going to return July 31st. We know now uh, that there will be basketball. We don't know if it'll be the first one back, but they're the first one to officially announce a date, place, time, and now we know there will be 22 teams competing for the NBA title. It will be a little uh, unconventional, if you will, but they are back. The NBA is back, and we will uh, continue to dive into that. Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing Today's show here on the Sports Bash Live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios. You out there. What is happening, everybody? Uh, it feels a little different now that you're, like, talking about matchups and games and things that could potentially uh, be happening with, uh, you know, still about two months from now. I mean, we're in early June. we got to get through all June and all of July before we see the actual uh, resumption of NBA games. But at least it feels like something. Oh, no doubt. I wonder if it would feel even more different, if you will, if uh, if we didn't know that they were going to accept it. You know, it almost felt like, all right, we knew the governors, the board of governors were going to accept this. So we were just ready for it. But imagine if we had to sit here and really hope and pray that they find a way to get this done. Like it would have a totally different vibe to it. Yeah, like baseball, essentially. Like, you don't know what's going on with baseball. Although it feels like, or it sounds like anyway, that the commissioner is essentially going to put his foot down and say, these are your options, take it or leave it. And if you leave it, then I'm going to force you to play. Uh, I feel like the commissioner has almost kind of backed the players into a corner here. And I'm not mad about it at all. I think that's the way you kind of have to do it. As a leader, and trust me, he is not like the best leader by any means, but as a leader, you need to step up and say, all right, you have to come to an agreement. Don't make me come in there. Right. You know, it's like the parents, don't make me come in there. Or when you're driving and they're arguing in the back, <laughs> we'll pull over now. Yeah, exactly. You know? So Manfred, John Heyman of MLB Network reporting that the owners are steadfast in seeking to end the season around November the 1st. So essentially, uh, Manfred has put together uh, a situation here where he's like, here, here's your options. If you don't like it, you can, you know, basically go pound sand. I mean, I like the fact that he's saying, I'm giving you guys the chance to work this thing out. But if you don't like it, uh, go ahead and, um, you know, I'm going to put an option on the table that you might not like even more. Owners believe, this is from John Heyman two hours ago, owners believe there are two to three ways to play. One, players accept or negotiate off the owner's sliding scale 82-game proposal, which was the one that came out originally, which a lot of people thought was kind of like, are you kidding me? A slap in the face. Right. Manfred is now saying, negotiate off of that or two. The commissioner mandates a very shortened season, 50 or so games, with a prorated uh, layer pay. So essentially, the 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 players can go off the 82-game schedule and make more money or go off of this commissioner's mandate and make less money. Yeah, I think what they would do is they would attack the sliding scale 82-game proposal, and what they would try and do is get more money because if you remember that was the proposal where if you make 35 million you're only getting paid 7.8 so i think what they would do in that scenario is they would try to attack that proposal and get the superstars paid more money than what the owners offered now Heyman tweeted having uh hearing great confidence that there will be baseball this year even after the players and owners hit a stalemate in talks yesterday not sure why this is but could be because owners believe commissioner can and may be willing to mandate a short about 50-game regular season. So 
the owners now have, again, I, I feel like the owners now feel like the commissioner is on their side and backing the players into the corner. You either work off of this offer or I'm going to mandate something that you're not going to like. So I would suggest, if I'm you, that you start working off that 82-game sliding schedule uh, because if not, you're going to play 50 games at a heck of a lot less money. So I feel like Rob Manfred has essentially put his foot down and he sided with the owners here. It does seem that way, and and look, I mean, well, at this point, bro, it's not like he said negotiate off the one hundred and fourteen game slate. He said negotiate off the eighty two game slate. Yeah, but the way that he's laying it out there, this is how he's probably going to try and sell it to make it seem like he's taking both sides because he is using that March agreement that the players want. The problem is the games are so little, the amount of games it's so little that it doesn't really matter if they're going off that prorated amount. But if, if he is, if Manfred's trying to say, look, I didn't take either side, I took a little bit here and a little bit there, that's how he's going to try to approach it. Yeah, well, I don't. he might try to approach it that way, but if you read between the lines, he didn't. He said, go off of the sliding scale. Go off of that one, and that's what we can say that you work off here. He didn't say start at the 114 and work your way back. He said go to 82 and start working around that. So it sounds like to me that he is essentially, you know, I don't want to say back them into the corner, but I mean, they're. I think the players are essentially great. So these are our options. Work off the 82 games at that pay or B, go off of this mandated 50-game schedule. Now, do you just say, you know what, I'll just play the 50 damn games for less money, get it over with. I mean, I know that, that sounds very like, uh, get it over with, but he, they might just say, you know what, I'll do 50 for less money than give them the satisfaction of winning this argument. That could happen, and here's my fan optimism that I know will not happen at all. I wonder if once they get back out there on the field, if it is in this 50-game season, they're just happy to be out there and say, at least I'm playing the game I love again. All right, we're not happy about it. We're a little pissed off, but listen, I'm on the diamond. I love this game. I put everything into it. Let's just go out there and compete. And once again, that's the fan optimism in me, hoping that they have that mindset, knowing that that is probably not going to happen. Now, Heyman tweeted that the MLB and the union are pretty much in agreement on a couple of things. Expanded playoffs, universal DH, and they are close to agreeing on the all-important health protocols. Of course, if MLB imposes a very short season, 40 to 50 games, all bets are off on anything and everything else. Uh, Heyman followed that up by saying, for instance, if MLB does impose a short 40-50 game season, which would benefit owners, belief is strong the players would not agree to the expanded postseason, which also benefits owners. Well, that's silly, though. I, I feel like that the expanded playoffs, I get it. It creates more revenue, and that means the owners are making money off of it. But in a shortened season, I think the more teams in, the merrier, because as we stated for weeks now, the Nationals wouldn't have got in last year, and they wouldn't even, like, it gives you as a player a better opportunity to win a championship. Goes back to how the union works. Like, we're not going to let you get one over on us. But they're also losing. Believe me, there's a lot of things that don't make a lot of sense with the way these kind of things work. Um, if I'm the if I'm the union right now, look, what really, in the end, it's like I get that baseball negotiated this contract and they feel like, hey, we've already been through this. But there's so many instances in this world right now under the current landscape where things just might not be fair. Sorry. Like, 
there's a lot of people whose lives just aren't fair right now. And I think the, the baseball players and their union need to understand that and say, look, we might just have to play a year that's unconventional. We might have to make less money than we thought we were going to make. Guess what? There's a lot of people out there making less money than they agreed to or making no money at all because they don't have a job because of this. They're getting the opportunity. It just might be for less money. And I get it. They said we already negotiated. Well, guess what? Times have changed. I mean, I hate to be like, hey, the owners have all the power here. But guess what? It's their game. You have a job because of them, and these are the terms that they said that they could do right now. Look, if this wasn't going on, you'd be getting paid your normal salary. They wouldn't come to you and say, hey, you're getting paid $35 million. I need you to take seventeen and a half because you stink. You know, hey, you're not having the year that I thought you were having, so I'm going to pay you less. No, you get paid the same. There's a pandemic going on. We just need to kind of work through this. We're going to need your help. I'd like to see everybody just be rational. Be rational and say there are people out there who aren't working, can't bring money in, can't make a living because of this thing happening. They didn't ask for this. Nobody asked to have their job taken away or their salary to be cut. But if you want to get back to life and get back to some normalcy, if you're these baseball players, you might just have to say, look, 2020 was a year that I got to write off. It stinks that I'm the guy whose prime of my career happened in 2020. But you know what? There's a high school senior out there that said, I didn't get to play baseball at all. I got not one at bat this year, and I was going to play for free. And these guys just need to say 2020, unfortunately. It's like that kid in the neighborhood who's the one good 12-year-old, but all of his other 12-year-olds aren't very good. He had to go through with that group of kids all throughout his sports career, and they just never had a good team. Well, that's the breaks, dude. You're only having to do it potentially for one year. You just got to suck it up. Just suck it up. We got to stop keeping score, man. We got to stop keeping score. I got one over on you. You've got one over on me. Just stop. It's ridiculous. I've had it with these guys. The owners, the players, doesn't matter anymore. Somebody just step up and be the leader. That's it. Be the leader and say, this is what it's going to be, and we need to do it. Sorry, 2020, that's your answer. Why? 2020, that's your answer. Very well said. Uh, Very well said, and I think when you look at this situation, I wonder if they do go with this 50-game season because nobody could come up with an agreement. Will that change the way that this is viewed, even when there is a product on the field? Like As fans, we just want to see baseball again. But if we know the only reason why baseball is on the diamond is because both parties did not come to an agreement, does that hurt the sport just as much as no baseball at all? No baseball at all. Now, I've heard people say that this would be as, uh, if not worse, than uh, 1994. And at least I think baseball in this instance could say, hey, look, we were in a pandemic. We tried. And we, you know, it was just so unconventional. It wasn't going to make sense. It wasn't going to be the baseball. In 94, they, they locked the players out. They basically said, we're not going to let you work anymore. The players played half the season. And then the owners said, if we can't come to an agreement, we're not going to let you come back to work. That's it. So that looked terrible that you had a season up and off the ground. Their season was put on pause by no fault of their own. They didn't have an economic dispute that caused them to do this. 
this was something that was out of their hands, which is why, because it was something out of their hands, that they need to be rational when trying to put it back in their hands in terms of putting it back on the field. I just feel like you have so much going on right now everywhere. Basketball, hockey sounds like it's going to come back. Football has some positivity in terms of maybe getting back on the field. You've got protests going on. You've got Drew Brees against the whole league right now. You've got players in that league essentially. I mean, I don't know that Drew Brees is even going to be able to play this year. And uh, guess what? I, I, I'm I not even I'm sure. I'm not even sure Drew Brees, by the way, who's supposed to play this year, he's already signed a contract with NBC to be a part of their, I believe, Sunday Night Football once he retires. Like, they've already signed him to be in the booth, you know, to basically be their Tony Romo uh, for, I think, Sunday Night Football. I'm imagining that maybe Sunday Night Football, I don't know, maybe in the studio. I don't know that he can even take that gig at this point. I mean, Did, he did is, you see the videos by Malcolm? Uh, they're up on our website. Malcolm Jenkins, I mean, was literally in tears. The man was almost in, just about in tears. I mean, the most powerful things that he said in there was, look, I looked at you as a friend. I looked up to you. And that's fractured. That is done. How does Malcolm Jenkins walk into that locker room after those things have all occurred between the two guys and play with that guy and other players on his team? I mean, I don't know how he plays with Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know how he plays with some of these players again. It does seem You have the city of New Orleans. This guy is revered in New Orleans. He saved that city during Katrina. He went there when that team was the Aints, and he signed with them and made him a Super Bowl champion. They were in the streets last night saying, F Drew, Drew Brees. Well, well, that's the shocking part about it. It's like you would think someone who's so connected and involved in locker rooms that has so much diversity, and he's really good friends with a lot of these people. I mean, how can you not see the message? That's the crazy part about it. How does he not see the proper message with what went down? You know what? It's not difficult to see how, you know, we all have friends that just don't agree with us, that we don't agree with each other, whether it be making a trade, making a signing, making a play, calling a pass, doing this. We're always on different sides of an argument. This is on a much bigger level. And it's not, doesn't matter what kind of status you have and what kind of league you play in. Your opinion is your opinion, and sometimes um, it's not going to be agreed upon. And right now, Drew Brees seemingly just completely missed the boat on the timing of his comments at this point. He might have those beliefs. There's a time and a place to try to bring it up. Probably now not the best time. And I don't know how he goes back in that locker room. I really don't. I mean, he is getting absolutely hammered by players on his own team. I mean, it's not just the league. It's in his own locker room now. Now, he put out a statement today, which is getting equally lambasted. I mean, it's equally getting, hey, too late. Tell your PR team to go to, you know, boom. I don't know how he gets out of this. Now, not having mini camps, not having training camps, not having, I don't know what they're doing. Are they on a Zoom call right now trying to smooth this over? How does that go over when you're on a Zoom call trying to get through this? That doesn't go over so well. And to bring it back, that's why baseball is like, hey, Dude, look what's going on out here in this world. Do you have a clue? Are your eyes open to what's happening in our society right now, baseball? Somebody should step up and be like, look, I'll play for free right now if I have to to get this world back into where it belongs. Instead, we're arguing over, hey, I was supposed to make $17 million, and now I'm only going to get $7 million. You know what? 
There's people out there that were making 35000 that are now getting 17000 or nothing. They're working off of unemployment. And if you're making $7 million, guess what? In the end, for a year, you're going to be okay, man. $7 million can take you a pretty far way. I think you can make it just like everybody else is trying to figure out how to make it. How am I paying my rent, my mortgage, my car payment? That's the questions that most people who watch your sport are trying to answer, and you're upset that you're going to make $7 million in 2020. All right, well, a lot of people don't get to do anything from February to now still. You can't even go to a restaurant. It's unbelievable. It's, it's sickening that this is happening. Do you think that there's a chance that Players Union has some of these players brainwashed? Now, look, I know that the players want to fight for their money. They want to try and get as much as possible. But there could be plenty of people in the in in the league that are ready to play, and they, they're okay with that. And they're laying out the same scenarios that you're laying out in their head. Listen, I'm fine with taking this. I'm fine with playing for less. But the union is like, no. We are going to be doing this. We need to fight for your right. We are going to stay strong. Scott Boris is in the mix. He wants to get paid. Like, do you think that there's a possibility some of these players are thinking the same exact way you are, but because the people who represent them want to continue to fight and stand their ground is one of the reasons why this isn't being dealt with properly? Most likely, yeah. We talked about it earlier uh, in the week or last late last week, which was 65% of your union make a million dollars or less. I'm sure those guys are quite happy with going back and playing 82 games at the money uh, that they were offered because they're making 91% of their salary. 65% of your union makes a million dollars or less. That's their majority. Their right now, their loudest voice is for the the majority of players. But I just wonder... You know, how many of those players? See, Blake Snell was very open about it. I don't know if he's being brainwashed. I think he truly feels that way because he's going from not an expensive contract to a, a good contract. And the first year of his fi- is finally getting a new deal, this ends up happening. So there, there are players who are openly pissed off about it. But I just wonder if how many of those top players getting paid a lot of money are thinking, I don't care anymore. I just want to play. But they're being held up. Tons. By the union themselves. There's no question. You're never going to get a consensus within the union, especially with that many people. I mean, think about the baseball union. you got 25-man rosters, you know, um, however many teams, 32 teams. You know, you're you're not going to – 30 teams. You're not going to have a consensus. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, again, I think probably a majority of that union is not happy with what's happening right now. But the loudest voice – which is a microcosm of our society comes from uh, the right now the majority, which I mean the 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 highest paid people, and they're the ones that are saying, no, I don't want to take that big of a pay cut. And then there's the people that are saying, why would you penalize your best players, your highest paid players? And the other side would say, well, they're the ones that can afford it. Why would I want to get a guy making? Five hundred thousand dollars, and tell him he's going to go down to making fifty thousand. When I can take a guy making thirty-five thousand and bring him down to seven. Seven million is still a money that he can live life on. But you know, we got this back and forth happening. Look, again, it goes back to the 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 realization of there's a lot of people who are going through stuff they didn't ask for. You know, nobody said I want to get, lose my job or have my you know. Um, there was an announcement the other day that the Phillies, okay, all right, for the first time the Phillies are in the news with this kind of stuff. John Middleton sent out a, did you see this? Sent out an email. And John Middleton 
sent out an email and told full-time employees that the team is projecting losses of substantially more than $100 million. So as a result, anyone in the team business department who's on a $90,000 salary or above must take a pay cut. Well, that guy making 90000 he didn't ask to take a pay cut. He didn't ha- ask for this situation to come. He's being told, hey, you must take a pay cut. That's 2020. And now the players are in a similar situation. Hey, we need you to take a pay cut. And they might say, well, sh- prove to me you need me to take a pay cut. Are we really that obtuse to not understand that there's no players, no fans in the stands? Are, are we... Are we Seriously, do we have to ask why I need to take a pay cut? Well, that's where the players' union's coming in and saying when they signed that agreement in March, it actually says that in the contract that there will be no fans, and then now the owners are going back on that part of things. So that's why they're fighting. I'm not saying that's right, but apparently in that contract in March, the owners are claiming that they didn't really process the amount of fans, and the players are saying, yeah, you did. You did. Why would you not? Of course you did. And then that's why this whole thing is kind of breaking through like this. You're, yeah, that was the whole thing was back in March when they hit the pause button on spring training and they knew, renegotiated. Hey, they thought they were coming back in just a couple of weeks. Hey, we'll be back playing by June 1st, which was just a couple of days ago. Or we'll be back playing middle of uh, April. Like they didn't anticipate that they were going to come back and play an entire season, and look, you might say, well, too bad. But at the same time, okay, too bad. Sorry. Either you want to play or you don't. That's the way it is. Sorry. You want to own a team? Step on up. Buy the team. And then you can come up with the terms that you would like to pay your players. I hate. Well, it seems they are going to, you know, when you say sorry, it does seem like, Manfred stepped in and is saying, sorry, this is what it's going to be. And I kind of like that out of him. I'm not going to lie. I like the fact that he stood up. I normally don't give him a lot of praise. Well, I am today. Well, and look, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to pick a side owners over players. At this point, I think they're both in the wrong. And at this point, the owners are the ones that essentially... You know, they own the team. It's their team. We talk about the NBA all the time. Well, they got to let kids from high school jump into the league. No, you don't. You don't have to. You own the business. Your business can set a prerequisite. If you want to work for my company, you have to have three years of college experience. Right? If I try to interview to be a doctor, they would say, no, you don't. Ha- you have not met the prerequisite requirements. I can't say, well, I feel that I'm old enough and I'm smart enough to be a doctor. Well, you never went to med school. Sorry, that's the prerequisites to work at my hospital. The NBA is well within its rights to say, you're 18 years old. I don't feel you're ready. I would like three years prerequisite of college basketball before you're able to enter our league. Simple as that. That's the way it goes. And just like these guys here, they can say, look, I own the team. The commissioner is giving me the opportunity, the ability to say, these are what the terms are if you want to play. If you don't, You know who's playing baseball right now? The KBO. You want to go play baseball? Go play for the KBO. You want to be in a major league baseball? You might have to do this. Sorry. And it's just to be clear. Just to be clear. I don't want you to be my doctor. You're not touching me. (laughs) Behind no shed like the Buffalo Bills. I don't want to touch you. Okay. I'd rather see you just lay there. Oh, that's nice.
<laughs> Sports Match 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Broad brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. Matt Black Kia, Black Horse Bike, Egg Harbor Township. Daryl Reynolds, D-Ray, is going to join us at 3. The NBA's back. His thoughts. Also, John Arran, Sports Business Journal, about the fall sports potential and how it might stack up. 4.30 today, Adam Kaplan, football at 4. And uh, all your text messages, 609-403-0973. Send a text message, 609-403-0973. That's 609-403-0973. Starting to feel like summer out there, 92. I got my car yesterday at one point. My uh, heat, uh, the uh, temperature gauge said 97 degrees. Ooh, 97. Nice day out there. Starting to feel a little summery as we get into the month of June. We're doing our uh, MGPT Top 5 at 5. Top 5 backyard games for the weekend here. It's only Thursday, but it feels like it should be Friday. And I got the backyard going this weekend. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I feel like every weekend you got the backyard going. Yep. There's a uh, slip and slide. Is that a part of the uh, backdoor game or is that just an activity? I mean, you can see what we used to do is you would have a big slip and slide into a flip cup game. So it it was you have to slip and slide down. Then you get up. You got to do flip cup. And then when you get your cup done, then you got it. The next person on your team has to slide down on the slip and slide. Do it. So if you implement a game like that, sure. All right. Well, uh, I don't. Does the old yellow slip inside still exist? Like, can you get the old yellow one, or is like, is there is like, I went to try to get the old yellow wiffle ball bat, but they yeah, don't the, really the have the basic them. standard skinny bat. The yellow one, the ball with like the six little like you know divots in it. Now they have like these crazy balls. Like they don't work. They don't like move like uh, the old wiffle ball does. I can't find like the just the the old classic wiffle ball bat. Now, have you ever played dizzy bat with that white with that yellow wiffle ball bat? I don't you pour so. the beer, you pour the beer in there, you got to chug it and, and you... in the bat. <laughs> now you don't have to actually do it in the bat, but I have seen it be done in the bat. No, but uh, that makes me think of a time like in West Virginia. There was this bar that you had a when you went into the bar. Part of the requirement was you had to do a shot out of the guy's boot. Ew. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. That's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, this place, it was uh, Town Hill at the top of the hill on whatever street that was. I forget, but you go up there, and it's just like a local's bar. I mean, like, you know, students aren't really supposed to be hanging out there. But, you know, they pass around the guy's boot. People will be doing shots out of his boot. That sounds absolutely repulsive. Welcome to the 90s, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're drinking out of a uh, a wiffle ball bat. Yeah, but the wiffle ball bat's fun. You chug out of the wiffle ball bat, and then you spin around, and then you got to hit the empty can. I mean, it's fun to drink out of the wiffle ball bat. That is the way to do it. Yeah, no, I'm not, and I will fully. I've seen people do it without that, but that's cheating. Fully admit, I am not a good chugger. Okay, I am not the guy that can like pat like if I'm on your flip cup team, I'm probably not very because I'm not good at like. Boom, I can't do it. I can't open the throat up and just bang. 
Can't yeah, I got uh, one of my buddies could finish a beer in like 0.05 seconds. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? I don't understand what you are actually doing right I know. now. I had that guy. It's funny. We, you know, West Virginia, when I was there, was constantly ranked by the Princeton Review or USA Today. Uh, Playboy Magazine used to have its rankings of the top party schools, right? And West Virginia routinely was number one. Oh, it was like, no. In fact, one year Playboy did their top 25, and West Virginia wasn't even in the top 25. We were like, what? How do you go from one to out? And at the end, it said, sorry, West Virginia, professionals were not included. Oh, oh, okay. Sick brag. Sick brag. Well, hey, take it up with Hugh Hefner. God rest his soul, right? He's the, <laughs> they wrote the article. But he would go on to say, if we're the best party school in the country and I'm the best drinker of all the people here, they should give me the drinking Heisman Trophy because this guy could shotgun like two beers at a time and they'd be gone in like an instant. It would be like, dude, how do you do that? Crazy. I had a buddy of mine, a, a teammate of mine, crazy dude. He would flip a beer can upside down. He would pour a shot on the bottom part of the can, snort it, and then stab his tooth into the beer and shotgun the beer after he snorted the alcohol up his nose. Dude, he must have been a wreck. Insanity. I'll tell you what, he can muck and grind in those corners, <laughs> though, you know? I was listening. I'm listening to the uh, USFL book. And one of the chapters uh, of the Houston Gamblers, they're talking about, like, what was going on in that place. And all I keep thinking of is when you watch a football game on a Sunday, listening to what happened with these teams in the 80s and then trying to, like, translate that to a game on the field. Like, these guys were like, yeah, every night we, like, go, you know, we get, you know, we do this, do shots of cognac, we're drinking uh, Glenn Levitt, you know, down. I'd wake up on the beach, I'd show up to practice with sand all over my back. Like, this was routinely every day. Like, the life that we, like, the, you know, they're talking in the, you know, the life that we lived during those years in the USFL, like, the amount of drugs, like, basically they're saying that the coach was like, you know, you need to do steroids. If you don't do steroids, we don't want you on the team. You know, we're giving them shots of tour at all. I mean, Think about playing professional football in the 80s of what that would have been like. You know, guys doing, you know, what you're talking about, playing games. They talked about one of the receivers, you know, uh, that he basically had to smoke a, a, a blunt before every single game. Otherwise, he couldn't catch the ball. So, like, the coaches are, like, getting him stuff to, to make sure that he was lifted before the game so that he could focus. I mean, it was just bizarro world. Well, to a way minor level, I mean, we kind of saw that with Dennis Rodman in the 90s, right? Needing that party in Phil Jackson saying, go ahead, go party. I mean, that stuff would literally never happen now. MJ just smoking a cigar in the locker room nonstop. I mean, I know, once again, that is not the same level as what you just said. But even in the 90s in, in the NBA, and there were plenty of people, all right, go ahead, go party, go yeah. to Vegas, don't worry about it. Well, you, yeah, you, you, this is like Chapter 10, I think I'm on, where they're talking about you know, what happened with, like, when the Houston Gamblers, they were essentially like, look, we needed to do something to kind of differentiate ourselves from the Oilers and all these teams. So they went out and got, like, all of these, like, um, you know, really small, fast, wide receivers. Like, they did this run-and-shoot offense, which was back in 1984, no one had ever heard of before. So instead of getting, like, these two, you know, big-time wide receivers, they just went and got the fastest dudes they could find. Hey, if you if you ran track in college but never played football before, why don't you? You know they had guys running like four two forties who couldn't catch. Sounds like Howie Roseman. <laughs> That's what he basically did in this year's draft, right? 
Uh, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, this guy just texted me and says, I used to be able to chug beers, but now I drink expensive craft beers for what they cost. I'm a sipper now. <laughs> and look, he's not wrong, though. I mean, you don't want to be chugging those bad boys. I think the sip, not, not a, a mix in between the sip and a, and a nice how do you do is where I'm at with the craft beers. Yeah, I, I, I just could never chug. You see these people doing keg stands. I'm thinking, how do you do that upside down? Well, you know. Are you a keg stander? Can you do it? I mean, I've done it back in my prime. I am no longer in my prime of, of that lifestyle. So back when I was, yeah. Nowadays, I don't think I could stand a chance. Huh. All right. Uh, so a couple things. We were talking about the baseball. And, I, you know, I'm at the point with baseball where I'm just so fed up with them. And you know what? I don't miss it. I don't miss baseball like I feel like I should. And they're dangerously going into an area where whenever they return, they're just going to be up against everybody else. So guess what? I, quite frankly, if baseball doesn't come back, I don't feel like I'm going to miss it. And I don't think I'm going to care. I think I'll miss it and I'll care, but you're right. With other things back on the table, I'm going to be so sidetracked with hockey playoffs and NBA that it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. I will say when I do miss it the most, though, is Saturday at 4 o'clock or Sunday 1 o'clock where it's beautiful outside. I think, damn, that could be a nice day game at Citizens Bank Park on right now. Tuesday at 7 o'clock at night when it's a little windy and cloudy, I'm not going, whew. What I do to see Jake Arietta on the mound today, you know, I don't have that feeling then. But the afternoons seem to hit a little bit for me because, you know, I'm used to having some sort of sports on when it's Saturday afternoon. I agree with the whole like you like something's typically on. But guess what? When they come back, they're going to be like their playoffs will be at a time that typically. All right. They're up against the NFL in October, but the NFL is only on a handful of days. When they come back, they're going to be up against the Stanley Cup Finals, the Stanley Cup Playoffs, the NBA Playoffs, the NBA Finals. I mean, you're going to be playing the NBA Finals in October, which is when baseball essentially, you know, when they come back, they said they don't want to go past November 1st. They do not want to go past November 1st. So essentially you're saying we're going to play our World Series on the same timeline that it normally is. Yeah, that's great, except for the fact that now the same timeline is going to put you up against <laughs> – basketball's finals, and potentially hockey's Stanley Cup finals. What are you watching? The Stanley Cup finals or a regular season baseball game? I mean, oh, it wouldn't no be. No doubt, Stanley Cup finals. It wouldn't be. That usually happens anyway, though, because the Stanley Cup finals are in the middle of the summer. So that's not like a big. But now your World Series is up against their World Series. Well, you know, I know it's not their World Series, but their finals. Your World Series is up against their finals. And I would think that. You know, we rip hockey a lot, and I think Max Kellerman actually put out a little bit of some noise and claimed that hockey doesn't matter, and I saw some people fired up. But I will say, I think when it comes to the playoffs, baseball is so regionalized. And look, I'm not saying hockey isn't, right? Flyers fans, I think a lot of them are just Flyers fans, not so much hockey fans watching the Columbus Blue Jackets throughout. But I think when it comes to playoffs, the NHL has a better chance of grabbing people out of market than baseball does. Back in the day, baseball would rule the sports world. Everyone would watch baseball in the World Series. But now I feel you have a better chance if you're hockey to grab the attention of people outside of their respected markets than baseball does. Would you agree or disagree? Um, hmm. 
That's a tough one. I mean, I, I, I think that both of them have their issues. I think baseball, though, still has a much broader audience than hockey does. And a lot so of that. So you think, I think the, uh, maybe this is just me being more in the hockey world. Maybe I need a little slap in the face. But if the, the Calgary Flames are playing the Winnipeg Jets in a playoff round, or if it's uh, two baseball teams like, uh, I don't know, the Minnesota Twins playing another National League team or, or an American League team that isn't Yankees, Red Sox. I mean, we're taking away the big dogs here. You think people would gravitate more towards that Minnesota Twins game over the Calgary Flames-Winnipeg Jets matchup that's playoff hockey? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I mean, what are those? You're talking about a regular season baseball game or uh, uh, an American League, um, you know, championship series? No, I'm talking about a wild, uh, American. I, I originally I was going to go with a random AL versus NL regular season game, but I guess we'll go with a AL wild card game. So, do you think an AL wild card game? Well, it's a one game thing, so that definitely changes. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that's okay, not even an, close. An, an ALDS game. So it's game one of the ALDS, and the Minnesota Twins are in there playing, and I, I don't know, uh, give me an American League team. Cleveland think, Indians. Okay, Cleveland Indians. Okay, that's a good one. So Twins, Indians, or you have Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets, first round of the playoffs, NHL playoffs on NBC Sports. I think you got, number one, you put the hockey in a bad spot because you gave me two Canadian teams. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, there's not even a fan. You're talking about ratings. The Canadian uh, TVs aren't even, there's not even part of the rating system here. So you're essentially saying that you're counting on the American households to watch two Canadian teams and beat the baseball game in the ratings. You would have to give me more like the L.A. Kings against the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. What if it's the L.A. Kings versus the Chicago Blackhawks? I still think they lose. You do? Yeah, I mean, you're up against a, a baseball playoff game and hockey. But I don't one, think outside of your respected region in baseball, people care. And I'm not saying that people care about hockey. That's why I don't want people to think, oh, well, what do you think? People are tuning no, into I, that I, I either. But I think it's a fair, thought-provoking question, more so than apparently the one we asked yesterday. Well, here's the thing, though. You're right. <laughs> but 13% of people chose that Chargers-Saints game. So people were going Saints-Chargers. Not a lot, but 13% of 300 votes. All right, so then ask this one. Are you watching a, what is it, a first-round hockey game? Yeah, playoff game, yep. Or a first-round baseball playoff game. Okay. We're going to do that now. All right, we'll get the results on that because I think the baseball game would win. Now keep in mind, hockey might be on NBC, Baseball usually is on FS1 or Fox or TBS, so their just distribution's better unless the hockey game is on NBC Network, not NBC Sportsnet. Right. John Arran today at 4.30. Maybe he can answer some of those questions for us. All right, uh, so you can vote now at 973-ESPN at Broads81. What's the uh, actual wording of the question? Okay, so it says both games are on at the same time. What are you watching? The NHL first round of playoffs, Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Rangers. I think it's good to put a team in there that is New York, but Carolina doesn't splash. And then with the MLB, it's the ALDS, Minnesota Twins versus the Cleveland Indians. 
It's going back and forth right now. I can see the pole moving. I'm torn on that. I mean, I know I'd watch the baseball game. Well, I'm a little shocked. As soon as the Flyers are out, so too am I. Until the final, Stanley Cup finals, though, or no? I haven't seen a Stanley Cup puck drop since uh, 2010. I'm going to be honest with you. I am hurt. My stomach just dropped hearing that. I thought, you know what? You don't watch the playoffs, but if it alternates from NBA Finals on Monday, Stanley Cup Finals on Tuesday, NBA Finals on Wednesday, the Tuesday night, the Thursday night, you throw on some puck. There's just, I don't know. There's just so much going on. Homeland? Well, come on. What are you watching over the puck drop? Uh, Not Homeland. I mean... uh... Over the puck drop, I got NBA playoffs, typically. They're well, up against well, them no, at the same but time. There's a lot of the times where it they don't fall on the same night. And it's the only two going on. There's MLB regular season games. So I guess you tuned into Phillies, Mets Look, or something. There's a certain point of the year where I get to the point where I'm like, hey, my teams are out, and I'm just not watching these things. Huh. Well, I think like, this I'm not one of those guys that just throws the game on because it's on. Like I have to have some interest in the game, who wins, who loses, some sort of emotional attachment to it. Okay, so you're not background noise sports guy. I mean, I could be. I mean, I'm kind of like that with maybe like college basketball or college football, where I just might I like college football, I like college basketball. Not that I don't like hockey and I don't like baseball, but sometimes at night it's like you got to pick and choose what time. You know, how often am I going to, am I going to monopolize the, the remote? Now, I want this to change, though, because this year, I mean, I demand out of you to, to maybe give me just, I, just so I know you watch. That's all. We won't have to do it too long, but you might have to give me, uh, something that stood out to you in a, in a Calgary Flames game in the playoffs. Is I, Al I McKinnis, need to hear from you. Al McKinnis still on the Flames? Come on. He had a great mustache back in the day. <laughs> he did. He now, did. can you name anyone on the Flames? Come on. There's a layup. Is Jerome Aguilna still on the uh, Flames? You can't name one player on the Flames. Right now? Yeah, come on. This is a layup. I know. This is uh, Johnny uh, Goudreau plays for there the Flames. There you go. All yeah. right. That's the only one, though, right? Probably. Come on. We and talked I wasn't about even, Matt Kachuk. I wasn't even 100% sure that he was a Flame or a, or a Jet. <laughs> I knew he this was on so some. Brutal. I knew he was on some Western Canadian team. Was it whether it be you know Vancouver? Now here's the thing about the poll, by the way, because I played hockey my entire life, because I have a bunch of teammates that I connect with over Twitter, and you know a lot of my followers are hockey. It's it's a little skewed, and I can sense that in the numbers. Or this just shows you that well, maybe people don't actually want to watch the ALDS. The ALDS doesn't push my pile all that much either. Like if it's Minnesota Cleveland, I doubt I'm I'm investing myself into it either. But you gave me two options, I'm picking one. You don't think Madison oh, you don't you don't like the Madison Square Garden thing. But Madison Square Garden playoff hockey, you got the blue shirts out there. Come on, baby, you hear the crowd noise. Oh, let's go. I need playoff hockey. Well, if the Flyers are in the playoffs and they're doing well, I may be more apt to see what else is going on to check out how that team is playing currently. Now, I hate that this is a thing because we just got three responses in a row. Bang, bang, bang. None. None of the above. Neither. I don't. Okay, that guy bothers me. 
then well, don't vote. three of those but, guys. but I'm saying that particular guy, it doesn't mean it's a, that person. I'm just saying that guy, the guy who chooses not to vote in the poll but still says neither. Just don't vote for either. There's no need for you to put your two cents in and say neither. Or just play along with the game. You have your hands tied behind your back and you're tied up on a couch and you have to pick one to put on. Right. Which one is it going to be? Like you just did to me. I probably will watch neither, but I'm playing along and I gave you the answer. If you made me watch one, I would pick baseball, most likely over hockey. But why does the guy feel the need to answer neither? Just don't answer. Don't click on either option. Just bypass the question. I can't believe you're not watching hockey at all. And, and not not this scenario. It was that Stanley you know, Cup comment you brought up. I never – I just I, – I played street hockey for like a year or two. I never played ice hockey. It's just not something that I was really passionately into. I like the Flyers. I like the game. It's just not like I need to watch two teams that I have no investment in. I played baseball my whole life. I coach baseball still. Of course I'm going to lean that way. But this is where I, I'm just, it's crazy. And because you gave me, by the way, Broads, you gave me two choices that are equal. A playoff baseball game or a playoff hockey game. Now, if you gave me a playoff hockey game against a regular season baseball game, I might change my mind, but probably not. I just, as a sportsman, someone who loves sports, I just feel, even if you're not a big hockey guy, if it doesn't fall against an NBA Finals game, you should just have it on the TV. That's why I'm a little heartbroken. Again, you, know? you will learn this once you move into the house with your fine young lady. You have to give up the remote some nights. And Calgary versus Winnipeg is not worth me winning the remote war that night. Hold on a second. I get to use the excuse now, though, that it's my job. Yeah, I see how long that bills. lasts. See how long <laughs> that lasts. Sports Don't tell me live. that. Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA have an agreement on the table with details. And so does the NBA.